Welcome to the Mission Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this teaching equips you in your desire to grow and encourages movement in your life. This moment right now that you are watching live on stage, this was going to be the moment where I was going to pivot. Like physically, I was going to pivot and I was going to look at John Peacock, our lead pastor, and I was going to welcome him to the stage. However, he's not in his seat making that pivot really difficult for me to do right now. So I'm not going to do it. And uh, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why he's not in his seat right now. I'll start with the good news. The good news is that he is in his bed at home, resting, getting physically better. Okay, so start with good news. The not so good news was that yesterday at about one o'clock, I was doing um, what you guys were all probably doing on a beautiful Saturday, yard work, cleaning out the garage, right? Was everyone doing that? Okay. I got like burnt too yesterday. So I was, I was working and I got a call from John and I actually missed it. I called him right back and he was in a ton of pain. You could tell. Um, he was not himself. He was not fully coherent. And I just talked with him through what was going on. And he was just on the sideline at our nephew's, um, which we share a nephew, different story. But he was... <laughs> He was on the sideline at our nephew's lacrosse, lacrosse game and just instantly was overcome with uh, just sickness and pain, head to toe. Um, and so he got in the car and he called me and basically let it be known like, hey, I'm so bad right now that I'm not going to be there tomorrow. And um, I stayed with him on the phone. I prayed with him. I think he threw out, I love you, man. And I was like, why are you saying that now to me? Stop saying that. And um, I stayed with him on the phone until he'd gotten his driveway. I said, hey, is Kelly home? He said, yes. I hung up. And then I connected with Kelly shortly thereafter, and she determined that he, like, needs to get to the ER. Um, he had flu-like symptoms, but there was also some other symptoms that were frightening. Uh, I won't go into details, but there was just some things that were alarming. And so she got him to the ER, and over the course of a few hours, the uh, more serious symptoms had subsided. Uh, but he has a full-on flu virus of some kind with really bad uh, symptoms, a lot of pain head to toe. And um, it, it, it just wasn't, if you were on the phone with him, it just was not a normal, I've been around people with the flu. This was just something a little bit more. My, my take on it as someone who's around him all the time and has been with him is, yes, the flu hit him. Two, uh, I think he's really tired and he's, he's right where he needs to be right now, in, in bed resting. And I'm glad he's getting that rest. And... Yes. And um, throughout the day, I discovered what the plan was supposed to be for today. And that shed some light on the fact that there was something supernatural going on. And I don't mean to over-spiritualize what, what went on and what's going on, but I also want to give the supernatural the credit and the respect that it, that it needs. And I know that the enemy did not want to have happen what John had planned to do today, um, but it's going to happen anyways. And, um, and so... So John's doing a little bit better, but, but here's what I want to do. I want us to stand up, and we're going to intercede, and we're going to pray for John, okay? And, um, and I know his girls were sick this week. I know Kelly is not as of right now, but we're going to pray. If you're comfortable praying out loud, pray out loud, okay? If you want to pray to yourselves, pray to yourselves. But we're just going to leave some time. I want you to intercede. I want you to pray for supernatural rest for his body, for his soul. I want you to pray protection over their home, their household, their girls. Kelly, I want you to pray for supernatural healing that in this moment, whatever John has, he would be 
ridded of in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So turn your prayers loose. Let's pray right now. And I'll jump in and close this. So let's pray for him. God, would you allow our prayers to be unleashing your power over John's body right now? Would you cover their family? Would you cover his home in your protection? As John, I assume right now, is laying horizontal, would you overcome him with rest? Head to toe, head to heart, deep in his soul, would you just give him rest? Would he hop to his feet and maybe even the hours and the days to come with an energy that he's never had before? And would this be nothing more than just the really bad flu? I ask in the name of Jesus by the power of your spirit. Give, give, give him rest, give him healing. Get him back on his feet in a short amount of time. Would he know right now through the power of your spirit the love that we have for him? And would we just continue to intercede on his behalf in the, in the coming hours and days until we get the report back that he is back to full health? We're believing in faith, knowing that you heal. You heal. And so in the name of Jesus, by the power of your spirit, do what only you can do and heal. We all agreed and said, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. Appreciate you doing that. <sighs> So, what's the plan? I feel you guys all looking at me right now like you expect me to do something. Well, I've got these jokes that I've been wanting to try out. <laughs> so, um, here's the plan, all right? Here's the plan. Um, I did come to discover that um, during the course of yesterday that there was a, a plan. Oh, when we were on the phone together and we hung up, I neglected to ask him, hey, do you have an outline like for your message? Is there like anything I can work off of? And I forgot to ask him that, nor was there a good time to ask him for that. So I got nothing, um, but I did find out just the heart and the hope of what today was supposed to be and that there was a plan in place. And so I wanna say right now that without a doubt, we, Mission Church, are at our best when John's standing here teaching. And I also know that what the Holy Spirit wants to do today, he doesn't need us at our best to do his thing today. And so his work is gonna be accomplished today and it's gonna be awesome. And uh, so here's what we're gonna do, okay? So I started investigating what the plan was for today, all right? We're in Acts 1 and 2 and I thought we were gonna go to 3. And so I called Dan Ruda and I discovered that he was in Minnesota. So I'm like, okay, that's not good. So then, um, <laughs> So then I'm like, all right, well, I'll call Mark, Mark Wittig, and he was uh, with his friends in Upper uh, Wisconsin, uh, es escaping death on a frozen lake, I found out, so I'm like, which is a different story we'll get back to. So I'm like, not good, and so then I called Daniel, our video communications guy, because I'm like, we'll probably need some video support. 
he's not answering my phone calls, and uh, he, he texts me back. He's like, hey, I'm solo parenting today, and Hudson's got a, a fever. I think he's teething, and I'm like, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so I turn to my wife, who's strong for moral support, and she's like, I think I ate something that's not agreeing with me, and I'm like, plan B is off to a phenomenal start right now. So, um, but what I did discover is that we were going to get into Acts 3, um, and so we're going to do that. I'm not going to preach a, a full message. Um, I will leave you in suspense for what's fully coming today. Uh, but I'm gonna, we're going to get into Acts 3. I'm going to make a couple observations. We're going to ask a really important question, and then we're going to respond to that question. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah. All right, cool. So we're going to do that. I also want to give credit to our entire team. Uh, Walt, Mark, both said, hey, I'll teach. I'll, get, I'll dig in the archives and teach. Um, Dan Ruda did help me. He's on his baby moon, which I didn't know was a thing, but he's on his baby moon, and he like literally hit pause to help me build an outline. And our just whole team pulled this off, and we're a team kind of church. So kudos to you guys for doing that. So that being said, get to um, Acts 3 in your Bible, in uh, the Mission Church app or in your Bible app. All right, Acts 3, we're just going to be looking at verses 1 through 10. Today, all right, 1 through 10 today, uh, here's where we've been through Unleashed. It just started our journey through Acts. Uh, Acts 1, right? Jesus says to his followers, wait. He says, wait, don't do anything. I'm going to send my spirit, all right? You're, you're going to start doing what I've been doing because you're about to get what I've got. So he says, wait. He says, when the spirit comes, you're going to be my witnesses near and far. You're going to testify who I am and what I'm up to, and you're going to start doing these things even greater than I've done, because you're going to get the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 2, we talked about uh, the Holy Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost, right? And, and the church started to come together, and they started experiencing community. They were meeting each other's needs. They were sharing meals. They were meeting the needs of, of other people, right? Just like we kind of got to do with um, Project to Start. Did you guys have fun filling backpacks last week? So that's what's been going down in Acts 1 and 2. And I want to talk about 10 verses in Acts 3 as John had planned to. And I want to talk about what happens in the everyday stuff of life when we encounter the love of Jesus and the power of his spirit. I want to talk about what happens in the everyday stuff of life. Okay? So, let's read verses 1 through 10 of Acts 3. You guys ready? Yep. Here we go. If I can get it open. Here we go. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg uh, from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I want to make two quick observations before I ask a really important question. My first observation is this. We are not always given a new direction, 
but we are always given a new intention, okay? We are not always given a new direction, but we are always given a new intention. It is without a doubt truth that when you submit your life and your heart to Jesus, that your heart turns. This is called repentance, right? This is called repentance. And what was Lord of your life is now replaced with Jesus, the one and only. All right, so that happens. When you are filled with the Spirit of God, it is true that your soul is given completely a new life. That's true. However, it is also true that when this happens, that not much actually can change in the everyday stuff of life. What I mean is, what doesn't always change is where you live, who you live with, uh, the street you live on, who your neighbors are, what job you do, where you work, who you work with, the route you take to work, the coffee shop that you go to, on your way to work, where you have lunch, where you work out after work, where your kids go to school, what teams your kids play on, what clubs your teams participate. Are you tracking with the everyday stuff of life? It doesn't always change. It's not always a new direction when we encounter the love of Christ and the power of the Spirit, but there's always a new intention. Similar, uh, verse one. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. I'm gonna ask you three questions. They're yes or no answers, and I want you to actually shout the answer back. Do you think this was the first time that Peter and John prayed at three o'clock in the afternoon? Do you think that this is the first time that they went to this particular temple nearby? No. Do you think that this was the first time that they saw this lame beggar sitting at the temple gate? No. no. It says he was there every day. However, however, being overcome with the love of Jesus and filled with the power of the Spirit, they see him as if for the first time with completely new eyes. And they say, yeah, I don't have what you're looking for, but I do. But I do. So here's my question for you guys, Okay. And I know when the substitute teacher shows up, right, we goof off and we think we're going to get off the hook. <laughs> but not the case today, because I'm going to come at you with the text, and I'm going to ask you hard questions, and I'm going to ask myself them too, all right? Here's my question. Has your everyday stuff of life been given a new intention? If you are going on being filled with the Holy Spirit, as Paul says to, if that's happening, if you are encountering the love of Jesus in greater ways then I want you to look at the everyday stuff of your life and I want you to look back on it one year, two years, three years. Is it any different at all? Is it any different? Are the encounters that you're having with the people throughout your everyday stuff of life any different? Are you seeing them with new eyes? When we encounter the love of Jesus, the power of his spirit, we're not always given a new direction. We're always given a new intention. Second observation, we do not always have what people need, but we always have who people need. We do not always have what people need, but we always have who people need. Verse six, then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Acts two, right? If you're familiar with Acts two, verse 42, we see that like this community of kumbaya breaks out, right? And everyone loves one another and they're having meals together and they're sharing with one another and they're selling stuff and they're giving away to the poor. And this is great. This is something called community and we all need it. And we, we should all be a part of it. We should all be loving and serving one another like family. However, there has to be this place where we come to in our life and in our relationships, in the everyday stuff of life, where we boldly declare, look, I have got nothing left when it comes to what you need, but I'm completely filled up with who you need. I don't have anything else to give you, Mr. or Mrs. Person, that we talk about the same thing every day and the same problems every week. Do you have these people in your life? 
Yes, and we're called to love them, and I love that, and we should keep loving them and serving them, but we need to get to this place where we're like, time out. What I have is not gonna help you, and frankly, I'm out of it, but who I have, Jesus will change everything. And I just want you to think about the relationships in your life that have come to that point. And I, I want to ask you this week, do you need to tell somebody about who you have and stop telling them about the phone that just rang? <laughs> do you need to start telling them about who you have and stop giving them this stuff that you think is going to put a Band-Aid on their problem? And it never does. We know how the cycle works. I'm asking you guys. You have Jesus Christ within you. I'm telling myself as I'm telling you. Let's start telling people who we have. Let's tell people what Jesus has done for us and say, hey, maybe could, could he help you? He's changed everything for me. Those are my two observations. We are not always given a new direction, but we're always given a new intention. We do not always have what people need, but we always have who people need. Some of you guys need to make the most emphatic I got a guy that you ever have. We love being like, I got a guy. Yep, I got a guy. I love doing it too, and I do. I've got a lot of guys. Um, but like, I got a guy for your problem. You got a guy for your people's problem. All you gotta do is be like, ah, his name's Jesus. A guy I used to work with, um, he used to say, we, we like put Jesus in our pocket and we like to take him out and, and use him when, no, like Jesus needs to be huge and colossal in, in everything and in the everyday mundane stuff of life. He needs to be everywhere. He needs to be talked about. Don't put him in your little pocket. That's what I was trying to say. Okay, so we have a vision statement for this church. It is to experience a movement of Jesus in our lifetime. In our lifetime. We want to experience a movement, okay? This is cool. This is good. This is not all that we believe Jesus has for us. We want to see disciples making disciples. We want to see people being healed. When we move into 82 Stratford Drive, we believe that that will not only be a light, a beacon of hope, but we believe it will literally be a house of healing where people will know they might not have what I need, but I know and I've heard they have who I need and his name's Jesus. That's what we're believing for, okay? In our five-year vision that's now one year old, so do the math, and I'm not that good at it, but four years out, we're believing, and it says in our five-year vision, there's evidence of a movement of Jesus that is redefining church. When I think about that statement, what I see is people being healed in the name of Jesus by the power of his spirit. That's what I see. And that's what we see in this passage too. And I don't know fully John's direction, but I'm pretty sure he was going to ask this question. Does God still heal today? Does God still heal today? Thanks for answering. It was rhetorical, but you actually answered. That was awesome. Does God still heal today was the question I think that he was going to ask. Because if we want to experience a movement, we need to ask that question, and we need to search for the answer. And because that question's out there, and I didn't have time to do a full sermon, what you got right there, that was all I had time to prepare. Um, we have this course on the growth track called Alpha, and it's phenomenal. It's the first step. And uh, they asked the question in one of the weeks, does God still heal today? And the footage and the video is awesome, and the content's great. And so Dan Ruda, on his baby moon yesterday, he took this 28-minute video, and he clipped it down to about 10 minutes. And so now I want us to go on this journey asking this question through this video, does God still heal today? All right? So enjoy. I'll be back up when it's over. I 
couple of years ago I had an accident while I was kite surfing and I snapped one of the ligaments and did some serious damage to the cartilage in my knee and this meant that I couldn't walk very easily. I was on crutches, I couldn't do any of the sports that I loved. So they said that I could have an operation to reconstruct the ligaments in my knee. Now up until a few years ago, this operation would have involved a stay in hospital overnight, some serious scarring, but now they use this thing called keyhole surgery. I was in and out in about five hours and I can now run, play sports, and do everything that I was doing before, it's amazing. I'm so grateful to the medical profession for the way they help me, but also for my body, the way it heals itself as well. Now all healing is ultimately from God, whether it's the medical staff using their God-given skills or the natural healing processes of the body. There have been huge advances in medicine. You know, life expectancy has more than doubled in the last 100 years. And yet, for all these advances, you look around the world and there is so much pain and sickness. And at some point in all of our lives, we come across illness or disease, whether it's ourselves or friends or family. And at that point, it's only natural to ask the question, does God heal today? Before I was a Christian, if you'd asked me the question, does God heal today? I'd have said, that's a non-question. I don't even believe there's a God. And if there is a God, why on earth would he heal one person when there are millions of people out there who are not healed? Even after I became a Christian and I read the New Testament, I read about Jesus healing people, the disciples healing people. I thought, yeah, okay, that happened in the past, but we wouldn't expect that to happen today. There's a verse in the Old Testament that says, I am the Lord who heals you. It's in God's nature to heal. God loves you and he wants you to thrive and experience wholeness. The word Jesus actually means saviour. The Greek word for save is sozo. It's an interesting word because it can mean I save. Jesus came to save us from our sins, to bring us forgiveness. But the same word also means I heal. Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted. And God loves to heal and he wants to use you and me to bring healing to those around us. And you are never more like God than when you are helping hurting people by wiping away their tears, helping the brokenhearted and lifting up the fallen. The Bible says our words can bring healing. Yeah, with your words you can bring healing to division, you can bring peace, encouragement, forgiveness. Most of the hurt that we experience in life comes from relationships and actually so does most of our healing. Healing comes from our relationship with God and our relationships with other people. But when the Bible is talking about healing, it's not just talking about emotional, psychological and spiritual health. There's also physical healing. 25% of the Gospels are taken up with the healing miracles of Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, we catch a glimpse of the compassion that Jesus had for people. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. But it wasn't just Jesus. Jesus gave authority to his followers, so to you and to me, to tell others the good news and to heal the sick. And it's not just for certain special people, this is for every single Christian. Jesus sent his apostles always telling them, preach the kingdom and heal the sick. Um, so praying for the sick people is part of our ministry. Uh, some people uh, have a special gift, but uh, everybody can 
pray for the, for sick people. Nowadays, of course, we medicine, uh, science uh, comes to help in many many respects, and this is also a way uh, for God to to come to our help. But <clears throat> nevertheless, people need prayer because there are many situations where medicine has nothing to say. Uh, and we are supposed to give hope to these persons in any situation, in any situation, because there is nothing impossible for God. And giving a person hope is sometimes is the best remedy to illnesses. We see in the book of Acts that Jesus' followers went around healing people. And as you look at church history, all the way down the centuries, that's what we see. And still today, God is healing people. Of course, not everybody gets healed. I think of a very good friend of ours, Patrick Pearson-Miles. Patrick has total kidney failure. He had a kidney transplant and it didn't work. He's been on dialysis now for 25 years. No one has more faith in the area of healing than Patrick. Patrick has prayed for so many people and many people have been healed. But he himself has not been healed although we've prayed for him so much. But I find what Patrick says is really encouraging. He says this, I have received the greatest gift, which is eternal life. If I get healed, that will be a bonus. When Jesus sent his disciples out and when he taught, he spoke a lot about the kingdom of God. He said, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom is God's sphere of influence. And one day, God's sphere of influence will be complete when Jesus returns. There are over 300 references in the New Testament to the second coming of Jesus. And when Jesus returns, everyone's gonna be healed. There'll be no more sickness, no more suffering, no more pain. God's kingdom will be complete. But right now, that's not the case. We live in between the times where we're awaiting Jesus' return. And right now, not everybody is healed. The way that Paul puts it is like this. He says, right now we're groaning inwardly because we're waiting for the redemption of our bodies. That's only gonna happen in the future when Jesus returns, will be the total redemption of our bodies, total healing. But what Jesus says is this, there is a future kingdom, but there's a present aspect to it right now you can experience a foretaste of what will come in the future. Sometimes in England, after a long cold winter, we get a few really warm days in early spring when it stops raining, the sun comes out, and it feels like summer. And suddenly everyone's in shorts and t-shirts, but summer has not arrived. The next week it's freezing cold again. What we experience there is a foretaste of summer. It tells us that summer is coming. When Jesus healed people, it was like a foretaste of the future. It tells you that one day everybody is going to be healed, but right now not everyone is healed. So what about healing today? Well, if God calls you into the medical profession, then that is an amazing calling. If you look at the roots of hospitals, they often go back to Christian institutions set up in the belief that people matter to God because they are made in his image. And God often heals people in ways that we can explain, like through the advances in medical science. But sometimes he heals people directly in ways that we can't explain. So we shouldn't stop praying. 
especially when the medical profession can't do any more. One time I got a call to go to the Brompton Hospital where I was the assistant chaplain. Actually, when I got the call, I was on the squash court and it was quite urgent, so I rushed to the hospital in my squash gear with my squash racket still in my hand. And when I arrived, I met the person who'd asked me to go, a, a mother called Vivian. And at first of all, Vivian was a bit surprised to see a vicar in squash gear. It took me a little bit of time to persuade her that I actually was a vicar. But when she was convinced, she asked me to go and pray for this little boy. She was a mother of three children and she was pregnant with her fourth. The third child, Craig, had Down syndrome. He was 18 months old and he had a hole in his heart. He'd been operated on, but it had been unsuccessful. So the doctor said that there was no hope for him. He was on life support and three times they'd asked for her permission to switch the machine off and let him die. The mother wasn't a Christian, but she said, I want to try one last thing. I want to get someone to pray for him. So that's why I've been called. I went into the room, he had tubes all over his body, and I prayed for him in the name of Jesus to be healed. And then I went to chat to Vivian and talked to her a little bit about faith. And there in the hospital, she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Two days later, I went back into the hospital to see how he's getting on. And she came running up to me, so excited. She said, after you prayed, Craig turned the corner and he's recovered. He still had Down syndrome, but he was healed of that heart condition. Now that was not a placebo effect or the power of positive thinking. There's no way it could have been auto-suggestion. He was just a baby. That was 27 years ago. Today, Craig is still going strong. I've kept in touch with the family all these years and he's the glue in that family, a remarkable young man. She said to me afterwards, I didn't believe, but I do believe now. Of course, I've also prayed for lots of people who haven't been healed. But as John Wimber used to say, when we prayed for no one, no one was healed. Now we pray for lots of people, some are healed. How do we pray for healing? Well, it's God who heals and not us. So there's no need for hype or shouting. There's no technique involved. And we treat people with dignity and respect. And if they're not healed, don't tell them that it's their fault or that God doesn't love them or that God's punishing them. Jesus always prayed with love and compassion. That was his motive and it should be ours too. I believe that God uses us today to heal people. He wants to use you to heal people. I encourage you to be someone who brings healing in your family, among your friends, in your workplace, in your community. Praise for the sick. Binds up the brokenhearted. Wipes away people's tears. Lifts up the fallen. Breaks down division. And brings healing wherever you go. In Jesus' name. So that's the question, does God still heal today? And um, so here's what we're gonna do. In my, um, in my looking into what, what the plan was for today, uh, I was told that there was a, prayer, a bunch of people that were asked to be ready to pray for people. And so uh, those people were in place. And so I was like, all right, we're gonna be praying for people, which is great. And so if you are one of those people, I think you have a lanyard, would you get up from your seat and would you go to this back aisle and make yourself known and seen and ready right now in this moment, if you would? Great. And we did this um, Labor Day weekend. We had some time where people could get up 
and, and have their needs met and, and be prayed for. Um, and so we're going to do that again. We're not going to wait and hope that maybe you'll get prayer at home or this week. We're going to do it here. The Spirit of God's here, and so we're going to unleash this power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus is going to be magnified in this. Um, last service, a man with chronic pain got prayed for back there, and, and I don't know the, the story, but he was healed, free of all pain, right there at last hour. <clears throat> Late last night, I looked at my email finally after a frantic day, and I saw that John had emailed me at 9 a.m., a story that was sent in to him that he was going to read um, today of a guy named Joe. And uh, this is what happened when he got prayed for uh, Labor Day weekend. I had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia and a rare connective tissue disease uh, that year as well. have been suffering from disc degeneration disease since I was 18. Being in chronic pain every day, John, John, when John told the story about his back, John's story gave me hope as he shared when he was healed. I thought to myself, well, it's worth a shot, right, to participate. Uh, but what I was not expecting, I was not expecting how it would change the rest of my life. During the healing prayer, the best way I can describe it was the feeling of pain and suffering I've accumulated over the years being lifted right off my body and having a feeling of peace run through me. It was an experience that I will never forget. I was pain-free consistently for about a month, but since then I can honestly count on one hand how many days I have experienced some type of minimal pain since last September. God is alive and well at Mission Church and doing remarkable things. <clears throat> the person who sent that email in is in this room right now, and the person that prayed for him right over there was me. And the reason I know that the supernatural exists is because I know how ordinary I am. My brother's right there, my parents are there, my brother-in-law's there, my sister-in-law's there. They could stand up, don't, but they can stand up and attest to how ordinary I am. But like you, I have the extraordinary alive in me. And I have just decided in this past year that I'm going to call on that power in the moment and just say, God, do what only you can do in the name of Jesus by the power of your spirit and heal. And since then, I've had the ability to have people healed through my prayers for the first time in 38 years. And so we're going to do that here. If you have a real need that you need healing, spiritual, uh, uh, physical, emotional, doesn't matter, you're going to get up. You're not going to be too cool for school. You're going to get up and you're going to have it prayed for by one of these people. You're going to turn to someone next to you and ask for prayer. If you have someone in your life who's sick and maybe not here and in need of prayer, you're going to go back and you're going to pray for them. If you have a prodigal child like I was and people prayed for me, you're going to get up and you're going to pray and have those people prayed for. If you are here and you have yet taken the moment to surrender your heart to Jesus Christ, you're going to get up. And you're going to do that. And these people are going to pray for you to receive Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is here and is going to show up and is alive. And good stuff is going to happen. All right? So the band's going to come out. And they're not going to start a song until we see people up and praying. So let me pray. And then we're going to dim the lights. And then let's just get up and let's pray and be prayed for. Heavenly Father, you're here through the power of your spirit. And the best thing that your spirit does more than anything is magnifies the name of Jesus. And so in this moment, if nothing else, would Jesus be given more glory and more fame? Would we experience your wonder as your early church did? Would you give us the faith right now 
for the skeptical parts of us, would you replace that skepticism with faith? And would you in our heart of hearts be able to know and declare that you can heal? You might not, but you can. You can. So Spirit of God, we unleash your power to do what only you can do through our prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. You might be asking, now what? Well, simply head to wearemission.com and discover where your next steps could take you.